the whispers in the morning of lovers sleeping tight are rolling by like thunder now as I look in your eyes. The Power of Love by Celine Dion is the number one song. Schindler's List is at the top of the box office. And Jack Kirby, American comic cartoonist known for the X-Men, Spider-Man, Hulk, Captain America, has sadly just died at the age of 76. Today, we are going back to February 6th, 1994. Hey y'all, welcome to the Wayback Recap, a podcast that obsessively explores all things past, from our favorites in TV and film, to Crystal Pepsi, the clear cola alternative to Pepsi, made without the caramel coloring. For the record, I'm against these these sodas. I was never into these. Coke clear, Pepsi clear, didn't like them. I never had one, so I'm curious to what it tastes like. They said that it tastes the same, except not as acidic, because it doesn't have the caramel coloring, allegedly, from people who have had this. I don't know what that means, because I'm a Pepsi girl. Like, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Coke. Like, you're second second place finisher for me. I think Pepsi's much more delicious, and I know it's controversial, and I'm happy to live that uh, lifestyle. But Pepsi Clear, never had it. Love Cherry Pepsi. That's pretty... Actually, yeah, Cherry think- Pepsi's superior i think pepsi wins the contest for regular pepsi and for the cherry category because wild cherry pepsi's fucking fire but i think coke wins in diet coke diet coke's better than diet pepsi never had a diet of either so well that's true i've had had diet coke never diet pepsi yeah it's just it tastes a little what i didn't like about clear pepsi was that it always tasted like it i thought it was always flat it didn't have as many bubbles and so i guess maybe that's why i didn't like it did you ever have the blue Pepsi? Pepsi blue? Well, I think I did, yeah. I vaguely remember it. I think it was like berry flavor or some shit. It definitely had like a flavor to it. I can't remember wild. I will say, I do think vanilla Coke is fucking superior to vanilla Pepsi. Oh, vanilla Coke is delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, vanilla Coke. I want that. God, I haven't had Put vanilla in Coke veins. in like 10 years. That sounds amazing. Let's get a vanilla Coke date. We're going to do go. that. Okay. We'll go to Sonic, get a vanilla Coke. I mean, if I'm going to Sonic, I'm also We're getting, getting cherry a cherry lime. Lime-Aid. Not sponsored by Sonic, but you can be. Listen, tater tots and a cherry limeade, I'm yours, Sonic. I'm Brandon. And I'm Patricia. And this episode, we're talking one of my all-time personal favorite TV shows, and I say that every time I host an episode, but I think I mean this more so than anything, living single. I'm a 90s kind of girl living in a 90s kind of world, Patricia, and I was, you couldn't tell me I wasn't a part of the gang of living single. I lived in that Brooklyn Brownstone girl. (laughs) And I'm glad I got my girls. Love living (laughs) single. Love every person involved with with living single. I'm so excited for today's episode. Viewers couldn't see it, but our viewers, listeners couldn't see it. But I was immediately dancing to the theme song the minute Brandon started talking about living single. Yeah, girl. I think we've uh, living single. Okay, I'm going to get off a little little off topic when I talk about this. (laughs) But living single is how I pictured my adult life to be. Like, I was like, oh, girl, I'm living with all my friends and we're all hanging out all the time. Like. Everybody in my building is going to be friends with me. (laughs) Didn't necessarily happen that much. I had, like, one situation where it was kind of like living single with me and, like, four other queer dudes. Uh, Fun time. It was a great time. It was a sitcom. It just wasn't living single. (laughs) Brandon has lived with me several times, and now my feelings are hurt several times. (laughs) Oh, I know. But here's the thing. When I say when I say it wasn't like living single, like we were more like three's company, our yeah, living situation. Yeah, it was situation. more like three's company. Yeah, 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 for sure. Except we were hiding a dog and not a man living in our apartment. I do think also like there are for people around my age. I think you have living single people and you have friends people. Like how boomers are like, oh, you either like Elvis or the Beatles. I feel oh, like really? for people my age, it's like, oh, you like living single or friends? Which one are you putting on? Uh, I'm yeah. a living single girl. Forever. I was going to say, I've never seen an episode of Friends, but I have <laughs> seen Living Single multiple times, so I guess that makes me a Living Single girl. So I guess it's I really funny that. you say that. I wasn't even going to bring Friends up at all this episode, because why should I? No offense to Friends lovers. like 
if y'all want us to do an episode on it, maybe we will. Maybe we I'll would have a new for f- you. Yeah, we yeah, for, for you. you. Uh, but I do feel like Friends stole their model for their TV show from Living Single. It came out a full year after Living Single was a hit show. So, I mean, similar similar kind of stories. Both groups living in New York. Uh, groups of friends living in the same building and close to each other, always hanging out and so some funny hijinks. There's relationships happening between the friend groups. You know <laughs> what I mean? Of so fri- part of the friends are related because you got oh, Khadija yeah. and St. Clair and then you got Ross and Rachel are siblings. Oh, yeah. Good. I have a Ooh. whole Instagram post about how friends straight up stole shit from Living Single that I will be including in the show's Instagram post. So keep an eye on our Instagram account. Damn, you're you're dropping bombs this week. But Play. Living Single only lasted half as much time as Friends did. Like five it's seasons. Still five seasons is a good run for a show. Like, yeah, 118 episodes. Seasons? That's a long time. Like Friends went on for five, like way too long. Even Friends fans will say that. Like, true. I think five seasons is the pocket for a show. That's what you should aim for. I think so, too. I think five seasons. I like how, um, like, the UK does shows. They're usually only, like, f- three seasons max a lot of times. Yeah. Like, they, they end on a high note, making you want yeah. more from it. Um, yeah. I think it shows, like, Chewing Gum, which only had two seasons, which is so upsetting yeah. to me. He, uh, Misfits. I fucking love Misfits. Misfits. That was my show back in whatever. We, we're going to do an episode on Misfits. I know it's not Brandon, that far ago, but... What was the show about the vampire hunter on BBC? Oh, my gosh. Starring our girl from Chewing Gum? Oh, my gosh. She was a demon was hunter. What was show called? Ah. Demon Hunter. She was so good. That po- show was good, It wasn't too. Possessed or something like that, was it? I can't remember, bro. You know my goldfish brain, man. I can only keep so much in there. Not to get us off topic, but now I can't. I mean, we we're else. off topic. Yeah, now now we're focusing on it. <laughs> oh my god, she was so great in both shows. She was so great. She's a wildly talented person. This person whose name we can't remember our show. We Susan Wakama. She was in. Is. Yeah, I I know her. She was. She's in Enola Holmes. A lot of people like that. Crazy Head is what it's called. Crazy Head. Ugh. Really good show. Go watch Crazy Head. I agree. Okay, so let's not compare Friends and Living Single <laughs> no, too much. Different. Like they're two separate shows. Yeah. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> but we all agree that Living Single is superior. Right. Living Single came about because two of its stars, Queen Latifah and Kim Coles, were pretty big at the time. Kim Coles was hot off the TV show In Living Color, a podcast favorite. I feel like a lot of y'all know it, but if not, it's a sketch comedy show that I think was on Fox as well. I'm almost it was, positive yep. it was. Yep. Yeah. At least, I don't know if it was in syndication or what, but it was on Fox. And she was on the sketch comedy show. The show launched tons of careers for tons of famous people that we know now today. Jamie Foxx, Jim Carrey, Tommy Davidson, David Allen Greer, Keenan Ivor Waynes, Damon Waynes, Kim Kim Waynes. Um, and that's just to name a few people who have been on the show. Chris Rock came from that show. Yeah. And Kim Coles was a part of the first couple seasons, but then left because she received a talent holdings deal with Warner Brothers along with Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah was known as a rapper back then, which I feel like a lot of people who know Queen Latifah now... <laughs> didn't know that she was a rapper back then she had a grammy winning album she was hot she did a couple movies she did a couple different acting shows i think she had a stint on fresh prince of bel-air as well that was received really well i think her character's name was her character's name dana her real name i can't remember that i think it was i think it was because i remember she was hillary's boss at one point and i think that Maybe then Will was like interested in her, but she had been on there for a while. But I remember Queen Latifah for that, and also House Party Two. I think it was that she was in, and her, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and her rap career, which was prolific. Anyway, so they had this deal with Warner Brothers. However, the two of them decided that they wanted to make like a mandate for the studio to work with a black writer. Uh, they wanted a black writer to create the show for them. They had already worked before on pilots that have failed. And Yvette Denise Lee, who is now known as Yvette Bow, excuse me, who is now known as Yvette Lee Bowser. I really think it's commendable to 
uh, both of these actresses that they asked specifically to work with a black writer. Like in the early 90s, that was a big swing for these two ladies to make. And I'm impressed. Yeah, I, I think that speaks a lot to like kind of the talent that they had and just like how yeah. much Warner Brothers wanted to work with them, right? Yeah. Um, as well as some other things. But they worked with... The t- they worked with 27-year-old writer named Yvette Denise Lee, who would later be known as Yvette Lee Bowser, who has created tons of shows, but I'll get into that a little later. She developed this relationship with um, an executive at Warner Brothers named David Genilari. They're still friends to this day, but they had created this rapport, and he recommended her, I believe, for this position with Queen Latifah and Ken Coles. He like, yo, we got these two amazing hot actresses right now who want to create a show. They only want to work with a black woman, and I think you are perfect for it. That's essentially how the conversation went. I don't know. I love that. I love that. Yvette found herself with a rare opportunity. She was getting a chance to create a show for Kim Coles, and Queen Latifah. Yvette wasn't new to the game, but this isn't like an opportunity that was afforded to a black woman at the time, so she is definitely a trailblazer. She had written for a couple other shows at the time. She was currently at... She was at this time writing for Hanging with Mr. Cooper, one of my personal favorite shows. Nice. <laughs> Me too. I said that again. It is a good show. And she also wrote for A Different World, specifically the wedding episode. That oh, was when stop. she left. That was kind of like her goodbye to the show. So she wrote that. I know you love A Different World. I do love A Different World. I love the wedding episode. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And once she found out that Queen Latifah and Kim Coles wanted to work with a black writer, she was happy to create something around them because that's all she wanted to do. She really wanted to write black characters from a black person's perspective and make them more rounded. She felt working on different shows, a lot of times it was more white men who were in these positions who were writing these characters and they were very one-dimensional and she just felt like that wasn't who black people were or how they should be represented. So she decided to take it into her own hands. Kim Coles was quoted in an article saying that from her perspective, she had a meeting with Warner Brothers and they asked her what do you think of Queen Latifah and she was like oh god I love her obviously this is the early 90s she then found out that they were also having um, meetings and stuff so after these meetings where they were face to face she was able to kind of get a better sense of who they were and what was important to them so she decided to take that and help create the characters for them specifically Uh, this is a Yvette will go on to say that she also used inspiration for her friends and her friend groups, (laughs) as well as the personalities of all these people. They're kind of like an amalgamation of all the different things. She used these close relationships that she had with her friends, who she says she still has those relationships with this day. And she used that to inform how the actors would portray their characters. This way, like the characters would have a little bit more deepness of character and were a little bit more informed about the character because they are playing a version of themselves, not necessarily themselves, but there is like some truth to what they're doing. Of course. That was actually the case with the entire cast of the series. So Yvette kind of made this series where it was like a group of friends hanging out together. Yvette used the same technique with the rest of her cast. Like, everyone that was cast in this, she kind of used, like, their personalities a little bit in the characters. Uh, specifically, like, T.C. Carson, who plays Kyle, a lot of his wardrobe was inspired by him because of what he was into in terms of, like, the Afrocentric patterns and colors and things like that. So they used a lot of his input on what Kyle should wear as, like, that, that person. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that's actually brilliant. A lot of these actors who play these roles still feel very, very, very fondly of these characters. I bet. Of course. Yeah. I bet. One of my favorite characters, Regine Hunter, was played by Kim Fields. This is a legend. If you don't know who Kim Fields is, I feel bad for you. Kim Fields is a black shit, an acting TV legend. Her first role was on, uh, I believe, her... Her most notable role was on The Facts of Life. She played Tootie, the little girl on the roller skates. Everybody loved Tootie. Got to. 
She also had other roles on Different Strokes, uh, Good Times, just all the all the different shows that were on in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Kim Fields was on. What's really interesting is her mother was an actress as well as a singer. Her mother is Chip Fields, who plays Regine's mom on the show. Like both Khadijah's mother and Regine's mother play their mothers on the show or like are their mothers in real life, I should say. So like Queen Latifah's mom plays. Yeah, right. Well, Chip Fields is a very well-known singer and actress. I want to shout to Chip Fields because she's also a legend. Chip Fields started off as a singer as um, with Ronnie Spector and the Ronettes. She was a Ronette. She did a couple oh. albums with them. Yeah. So she did I a couple albums the with them. I know you do. And that, that's <laughs> she got other jobs. So Kim Fields actually was looking for work at the time or looking for new opportunities to work to do something different. Her mom, Chip, was working on Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I believe she was Mark Cooper's like acting coach. And so she knew that Yvette Lee at the time was working on Hanging with Mr. Cooper. So she reached out to her. She was like, hey, you're a writer there. You know I've done Facts of Life. Like, I don't need to give you my resume. <laughs> She's like, I'm done with school. <laughs> You know who I am, obviously, Yvette, obviously. Hi. She was like, I'm done with school. I want to do my next project, and I want to work on like a series, like a rom-com or something. And so she kind of pitched an idea to Yvette, but Yvette was like, you know, I like that idea. However, right now I am working on a different show that's like a different tone than what I was doing for like A Different World and stuff like that, as well as Mr. Cooper. And I have a character that I think is really, really good for you. Like, I, in fact, had you in mind playing this character when I developed it. Amazing. So, uh, Kim was like, sure, let me, let me, let me hear it. The next character that needed to be cast is my personal favorite character. No offense to anyone. Uh, Maxine Shaw, Maxine Shaw, attorney at law, which is, I fucking say that all the time. Maxine Shaw was played by Erica Alexander. Erica Alexander, also an acting legend. She was a young, fresh actor who had just gotten off the Cosby show playing cousin Pam. She's a young, talented actor who had just gotten off of filming the Cosby show, which was a huge hit at the time. Huge. She played cousin Pam for a couple seasons. And yeah. She was hot. She actually was saying prior to working on Living Single, she wanted to play the female lead in Mantis. Do you know that show? It came on Fox as well. I don't know that show. Okay, so it's like a superhero show. God. I did never watch it, so I can't really speak too much on it, but I remembered commercials for it all the fucking time. (laughs) She was going to be like the Black Lois Lane, essentially, for that. Oh, fun. She actually moved to L.A. for the project of Living Single when she got the call because she was living in New York. She auditioned several times, and when she got the job, she she was probably like 23 going on 24, I think. Um, She learned a lot from her time being on The Cosby Show about like being in front of an audience and making people laugh in an audience and understanding (laughs) that form of entertainment compared to just like any other one. But she was just like, like she knew how to perform for a live audience in front of a camera. And that shows like Erica Alexander as Maxine Shaw, I feel like it's all the characters are very unique in their own way, but I get the most laughs out of Maxine, I think, a lot of times. Like Maxine adds, oh no, that's not true. Because Regine makes me laugh a lot too. Because I Me too. I'm too much I'm too much like Regine. Me too. Me too. I'm a Regine with a Maxine rising. Um <laughs> I will say this though. Maxine and Erica when the whole group is on screen, I will look at Erica. Like, I think Maxine is low-key the star of the show. Like, she's the person who always grabs my attention first. I'm always looking, like, what's Maxine wearing? Maxine's always going to make me laugh. Like, Maxine gets my attention all the time. I love Max. Maxine. Yeah, she's great. And she wasn't even actually, like, who Yvette envisioned for the role. Sure. She just impressed her so much. Like Erica Alexander impressed her so much. She's like, oh shit, she's a she's the best choice. Like obviously I chose her, but she's like the best choice. Like better than yeah. I envisioned what Max would be. Wow, that's what you want to hear. 
Also, I should note that Kim Coles plays Sinclair James, who is Queen Latifah's... She is the cousin to Queen Latifah's Khadijah James. They're cousins. (laughs) Khadijah is kind of like a career-oriented... Um, editor of this fashion or like street fashion magazine in Brooklyn. It's her baby. She's very successful at it. It's very popular. Um, uh, hopefully, Flavor was able to make it into the digital world, and we maybe Flavor has like a Instagram account we can follow. I'm I sure, don't know. I'm sure. But Sinclair is basically Khadijah's country cousin, who's sweet, naive, kind to a fault, who moved to the city and is living with Khadijah, and they are. Polar opposites, but I love Khadijah and Sinclair's relationship. I okay, I love all the core women characters so fucking much. Me too. It, Me too. Because Sinclair's woo 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 woo, <laughs> like try to calm someone down, is something I still say to myself. I'm like woo woo woo. Uh, when I so like 1994, I'm 10 years old. I thought Khadijah was the prettiest name I'd ever heard. I was like, oh, Khadijah. I wish my name was Khadijah. (laughs) It is a good, it is a gorgeous name. In fact, again, all the characters' names are actually gorgeous. Sinclair, Maxine, Regine, Khadijah. Yeah, these are great names. Even Overton. Like, (laughs) it is all kind of like over the shoulder. They're all beautiful names. Overton. Yeah, they are. But not to take away from Kyle. Who is Listen, our next character I'm going to talk about? I was also in love with Kyle. Underline. Hello, Kyle. I, I, you know you know, I love a bass man. A, a man coming at me with a great big deep voice. Get out of here. <laughs> I am in there. <laughs> well, you, you know T.C. Carson is from Chicago. Really? I did not know that. I, I believe so. Where he was at least living in Chicago when he sent in his audition tape for the show. Cute. Um they apparently said no at first, and then he got a call back in a screen test. He went in on Tuesday and read with Eric Alexander. That nice. Wednesday, they went to work. So I'm assuming maybe they like Hell cast yeah. somebody before that fell through, and so they oh, went with like someone be. else. But could TC be. Carson is Kyle to me. Like Kyle Same. and Max, like their sparring is one of my favorite parts of the show. Like their jokes at one another is always so great. Totally agree. Anytime people like blatantly dislike each other, I'm always going to be a sucker for it. <laughs> so like they're, it's not that they dislike each other, but they're very adversarial. They're like siblings is how I describe them a lot of the times. Like they just pick on each other and it cracks I mean, me spoiler out. alert, they become a love interest. I know, but I don't know if I love that. Okay. Fun fact about T.C. Carson and Erica Alexander, share the same birthday. Oh. November 19th. Uh, 11 years separate them. I think T.C. Carson was born in like 58 and Alexander was born in 69. Scorpios. Yeah, November Scorpios. Erica Alexander also <laughs> brings that up. She's like, both of us are November, or she says, both of us are November Scorpios. Apparently, like, they used to celebrate and still do, maybe. I don't know if that's true, but you celebrated birthdays together, obviously. Like, they will go on trips. Like, not just the two of them, but like the whole yeah. cast and stuff. Um, John Hinton, who plays Overton, Obi Jones, uh, his birthday's November 23rd. So, I mean, there's a lot wow. of people who have birthdays yeah. really close to this. Wow. Yeah. Um, John Hinton, another great character. All six of these people are fucking fantastic. Like, I really wish I had my my sitcom moment with my six friends it. living in the same house. I know and... it. We got close. We lived, there were four of us in a house one time, but it wasn't like living single. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> I will say the only thing that didn't make my queer living single happen is because we weren't friends with our neighbors. Like, had that ah. been... What's really sure. funny is, like, we lived on the top floor. There was, like, three separate apartments in this building. And top floor was me and three other queer dudes living there. Uh, below us was four straight dudes who lived there, like, like college you age. You should have been best friends. No. They, <laughs> there was no way. Um, they were kind of like, 
Oh, man. I don't know. They used to have parties all the time. We never really had parties. Like, we would go to parties, and I don't think we ever hosted a party for some reason. Yeah, y'all were never in that house. Y'all were always out. That's true. We all would go out and go drinking and partying all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun times. It was fun times. Boozer loved it. (laughs) Boozer, it was, your dog was living his best life for sure. So, John Hinton, who played Overton... He was a stand-up comedian, much like Kim Coles. He had already filmed a pilot a couple years before that didn't get picked up. I have no idea. Yvette had seen it, and so she kind of called him in for an audition. They told him that Kim Coles was going to be his love interest, and he was excited because he knew who Kim Coles was from stand-up, Showtime at the Apollo, uh, In Living Color, and Queen Latifah was going to be there, and obviously he heard of her album. He was like, oh... (laughs) She has the number one album in the country. It's Grammy winning. I'm going to be auditioned for this. This is wild. So in that audition, he was killing Yvette Lee. Like she was cracking up the entire time he was there. And he was like, shit, means I'm doing something right. He goes, she wrote this character and she's laughing like that. He's like, I'm going to play it up to her, to her only. You know what I mean? Like she's the only person I got impressed here. And so he did. And obviously he got the job. Yeah, apparently he went. He's apparently he said that there were several auditions, like four or five, and every time oh, he went back, there was less and less people. He said it was just him and another guy at the last audition. So he went up to the guy and he said, "You know, with this show, this one ain't for you, brother, because I've got to have it." I just told him. I, I said, "Look, you know, I pray for you to get a show in the future, but this one right here, I got bills to pay, and I got to have That's this a move. man." That's a move, man. I'm saying, can you imagine being the other dude who no, sees that Overton gets this? Sh- the dude who said this to you gets this show and is just like and it's the perfect, perfect role for it. It's perfect. Like Overton is chef kiss all the time. Perfect. Like this guy is nailing this. Mama, and again, like Yvette used her used her actor strengths to their characters. Like Overton's from Cleveland. John Hinton's from Cleveland. Like, these are things that are true to him and a lot of his personalities in there. And I loved it because John Hinton is funny as Overton. Like, you believe him as this, like, very, I don't want to say simple because he's not simple, but it's like down home country, like, wisdom, who's always, like, having these country, like, ass sayings, but is a very kind person who just wants to help his friends. Yeah, like, super honest, super kind. Like, things might go over his head sometimes, but he's got a handle on what's going on. I love it. So Yvette used her cast to inspire storylines as well. Um, Queen Latifah is from Jersey. That's where <laughs> <laughs> that's where Khadijah's from. She's very, very Jersey, and it, mm-hmm. it, it shows. Um, so she decided, like, with that, let's make the show in New York. She loved Brooklyn, so she created it um, for much of the flavor and the culture that is Brooklyn. And that's what she wanted to encompass in the show. I mean, Friends wasn't around at that time, but later it would come around. And Friends is set in New York, but I don't see New York and Friends. Do you know what I mean? No. Like, there's literally very little black, Asian, any people outside of, like, the six-friend group. Like, I, that's not what New York is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, hugely. But I think Living Single actually does that. Like, a lot of the cast is super diverse, and you see, like, these structures or clubs and shit that look like they could actually be in Brooklyn. They didn't have a big budget, but they did all right for that. Yeah. Bowser was also just really strategic in the way that she wrote the characters and the conflicts. Uh, She wanted it to kind of represent young black people at that time. Uh, She said there was a, a void in television, essentially. Um There was a okay. We she said that we had seen Claire Huxbull. We've seen a black lawyer, but she was a mom. She said she wanted stories of young black people, people living in a city, and people that she knew that actually existed in the real world. Exactly. So for the show, everybody lived in the same house under the same roof, minus Maxine. <laughs> 
but they're all from different socioeconomic and geographic backgrounds, obviously. Like, they come from all over the world. That's very New York, um, living mm-hmm. in a building. Interesting fact about the whole Maxine not living in the uh, house with everybody. She lives across the street. Um, there is a later episode that shows that Maxine did live with everybody, like, minus Sinclair, but they got in a huge fight. She moved out, and Sinclair moved in. Ah. So that explains a little bit of it, which was also explained why Max is literally always over there. I thought it was that Maxine was just an introvert and wanted to live in her own house. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I need some but quiet time at the end of the if, day. Excuse me. But Max is literally always over Kadisha no, Dome's house. I know. But an introvert is a, can make that decision. Like, Which is a funny... Oh, uh, yeah, True. But couldn't you just go into your room if that were the case? Yes, 100 million percent. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> My argument is flawed. <laughs> I do think that, like, that brings a lot of comedy to this show because of it Max does. always being there and yeah. just showing up. Yvette really focused with the show that, that she didn't want to, like, go in towards, like, respectability. That's not what she wanted. She wanted to reflect different aspects of black life. So there are obviously people who are working uh, working class. There's Kyle, who's a stockbroker. Khadijah owns her own magazine. Regine works in a boutique. Sinclair is a secretary. Overton's a handyman. Maxine's obviously Maxine Shaw, attorney of law. So you do get like this wide variety of people who come from different backgrounds. Like I said, Sinclair, she's from Minnesota. She's starting off a new life in New York. So you get like this out of like, you get this country cousin aspect of Sinclair in the show, which Mm -hmm. is really great as well. Well, and it's like, there's different educational backgrounds. Like Khadijah and Maxine went to college. Overton and Sinclair did not like, I like I like that aspect of the show too. Yeah. And getting six series regulars who are actors and even an amount of guest stars to kind of mesh perfectly that so well that this show encompasses as well as your real life is no easy task so bravo to Yvette and everyone on production for making that happen as well as the cast huge agree yeah yeah yeah. they got they kind of found a magical spot yeah they really did and they kind of made like an unexpected family in the process Mm -hmm. Yvette would go on later to say that like uh, being able to ensemble that cast was akin to catching lightning in a bottle and I kind of agree yeah like I really do agree like you don't get that like dynamic cast interaction and I believe Queen Latifah was one who said that on an interview, was it with Ellen or somebody like that, that she has a group chat with all these people and they still talk to this day. Like, oh, they're still friends. Oh, my heart. Yeah. I love that. That's so sweet. And with that being said, let's watch some TV after our commercial break. All right, y'all. So for today's episode, we are watching Living Single, Season 1, Episode 18, Love Thy Neighbor. You can find this on HBO Max or Hulu, I believe. I think that's correct. I don't know. Uh, I watched on HBO Max, so if you got that, watch it quick because they'll take that shit down. (laughs) Ah, Not during Black History Month. (laughs) They better not. I will burn this computer down. That'll be be my line. That's my line. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already deleting Netflix. Actually, it's just your account. But it's, it's gonna cool. get cut I'm off canceling anyway. mine too. Yeah, I'm yes. canceling mine too. Fuck up. Well, no, my shit. No, well, no, it's your Netflix account I use. So canceling it's gonna be great. No, that's what I'm telling you. It's like it's coming to an end. I have to watch. There's a there's one like uh, Netflix made documentary I want to watch, and then that's it. Dope. All right. Cool. Just keep creating new passwords to try free trials when you want to watch something. Exactly. Exactly. Overton is downstairs in the apartment of Khadijah, Regine, and Sinclair. He's acting as a short-order cook, making (laughs) breakfast for our lovely ladies. Khadijah, who doesn't drink coffee, asks for a cup because she says she hasn't slept all week due to the new neighbors upstairs fucking all night. (laughs) And the gang starts discussing it. They're they're into this conversation. Yeah, it's a good topic. Yeah, dude. I mean, first of all, Overton, 
You live upstairs. When did you come down here to make breakfast for these people who are on their way to work? I have questions. I appreciate the friendship, and I wish I had a friend who would make me breakfast before I went to work. But it's just so funny how everybody's asking for stuff. Regine wants sausage instead of bacon, which Overton's like, "Mm, no substitutions. But he's like making pancakes. He's making a full-ass breakfast. So Brandon and I once lived with a guy who, with a person who would talk all the time about how they made these excellent cinnamon rolls. They're like, oh, you know, I'm known for my cinnamon rolls. We lived with this motherfucker for a year. Guess how many times he made us cinnamon rolls? Zero times. I didn't eat them. Yeah, I didn't eat them. He never made them for us. So the idea of like a roommate or a friend being like, I have made breakfast for you, Patricia. Please enjoy it. I'm like, wow, thank you. Maybe he didn't want to give us cinnamon rolls. Maybe he's like, I hate y'all so much. I will not give you. But also, how are you known for your cinnamon rolls, bitch? You're 21. When have you been making cinnamon rolls? who are you known by? Furthermore, if you're telling me your rumor, it's not a rumor. It's just you telling (laughs) me you want to make cinnamon rolls. So (laughs) (laughs) you can't give yourself a nickname, bitch. So the credits roll, and this is actually the rare season one version of the theme song, which I like because it's extended. But I do think I like the subsequent season's theme song a little bit better. It's like yeah, the bridge version of this one, but this is still great. Queen Latifah singing. We have the dance wow, in the background. It's really good. It's really it good. is. It's probably why I love Living Single the most of any sitcom. Kyle? Kyle walks in the back door as everybody's eating breakfast, uh, which made me laugh when I watched. I was like, why are y'all just walking into people's houses? Like, how did you get here? Uh, he- My first thought was, ladies, that door should be locked. You're two <laughs> ladies living alone. That door should be locked at all times, ma'ams. Fair point. But maybe, like, Kyle just came down, like, the fire escape yeah. towards the back yeah. and came in. Yeah. He-, he comes in to ask Overton a favor. His old girlfriend, Dion, is in town. She's visiting, seeing her cousin. And Kyle wants Overton to join him and Dion on a double date. Because Dion does not want to leave her cousin Summer alone. Which, solid. I appreciate that. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Overton's like, I don't really want to go, dude. Sorry, I have plans. I'm trying to help Sinclair with her tape deck. Which isn't a euphemism. Um, Overton's a handyman and fixes things around the apartment. And this is episode 18. So, from this point up, Overton and Sinclair have having this been having this going back and forth, kind of like flirty relationship. Uh, will they, won't they, obviously. And Overton really likes Sinclair. Yeah, Sinclair really likes Overton. But they're both like small town, quote unquote, Cleveland and Minneapolis. <laughs> uh, but they're they're not the type of people who are going to be very forward with their feelings outright right. so early. Acts of service is Overton's love language. Very much so. He's a handyman. Yeah. Sinclair insists that Overton go because she's like, no, Overton, you go. Kyle's your best friend. And she's like, what's more important than helping your best friends? When we then get kind of a glimpse into all of our characters' personalities as Regine and Kyle both, or excuse me, as Regine and Max both shout out different answers to what's more important than friends. Regine says money. Max says power, which made me giggle. Um, and then Khadijah blurts out, "Where the, where's my coffee, Overton? <laughs> We've been talking about coffee. I'm tired. Where's my coffee? Poor Khadijah. Overton eventually reluctantly agrees to go on the date after Sinclair's insistence. And we kind of get this great moment before the scene ends where Kyle and Max are being Kyle and Max as Max throws a joke at Kyle. And Kyle mockingly laughs at her and it's just funny it's funny everybody in the scene laughs right remind me of the actor who plays kyle what's his name tc carson tc carson is an excellent physical comedian like he can do a lot with his face so when he (laughs) does the laugh and then flashes it to stone cold not funny face it's very very funny like he's a really talented actor and comedian we next see overton and kyle on their date and Dion and her cousin Summer, who is played by none other than Cree Summer, who we've talked about in this episode before, who was on A Different World, talented voice actress. She played Penny in Inspector Gadget and literally pretty much any other black character, and not even black characters, 
on cartoons. Like, if you watch a cartoon, you've heard Cree Summer's voice. And it's very yeah. apparent when you watch this episode. Yeah, Cree Summer is on, like, Rusty Taylor levels of, like, uh, voice acting. Like, a voice acting superstar. I don't know how to say that bigger. <laughs> yeah, really. Literally is one of the top voice actors probably in the world, of in my time. opinion. Yeah, of all time. Yeah. Always had a job voice acting. Also, as soon as I saw her, I was like, ah, that's why Brandon picked this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Cree Summer. I really I do. I know you do. So, Dion and Summer are perfect matches for their dates, Kyle and Overton, respectively. Dion is a career and status-driven uh, businesswoman. And Summer is more down-to-earth and kind and sweet. Summer obviously takes interest in Overton. She <laughs> is giggling at all his jokes, and she's giving, like, bedroom eyes at him. And apparently they're both Star Wars fans, and she just thinks that's the bee's knees. And rightfully so. Overton's a handsome man who's very kind and funny, so why not go for him? When Dion excuses herself to go to the bathroom, Summer goes with her, and she, like, waves at Overton as she leaves which I was like damn wow she's really into that and Kyle acknowledges it as well he's like wow there's chemistry between the two of you you should you know take her out go on a date Overton is very reluctant because he still has feelings for Sinclair even though they haven't like officially been an item they have kind of obviously acknowledged that both of you like each other but haven't made an effort to be an item Yeah. so he's like I don't want to yeah, he's like, I don't want to cost my chances with Sinclair. Kyle's like, Overton, y'all are not in a relationship. Just fuck her. Essentially, that's what Kyle's hinting at. Yeah, that's and Kyle's Overton, advice. Yeah, and Overton is disgusted by it. And Kyle's like, look, your approach to Sinclair is going to take you months and months and months before you get anywhere. He's like, my approach gets you there at like 930 and then Overton has a retort, and he's like, yeah, but your approach only lasts about seven minutes, which I thought was really Overton. funny. Yeah, yeah. gotcha, Kyle. <laughs> Overton wants to be with Sinclair, and he's been dropping these hints slowly over the past couple episodes like to her, and he's determined, because he likes Sinclair, to be with her. And I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> like... Well, no, Sinclair hasn't shown any disinterest in him. It hasn't outwardly said, no, I'm not interested. Get away from you. Uh, get away from me. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that, per se. What do you think? I think um, I think that Sinclair doesn't have ex ex like a lot of her relationship experience. So she probably isn't super comfortably, but comfortable being like, Overton, you and I are together now. So I think they're both just a little too shy for their own good here. But I but I do agree that they definitely both like each other. Like, that much is obvious. Eventually, Overton decides to give Summer a chance just before they arrive back at the table, and Overton asks her on a date, which she happily accepts. <laughs> back at the Brownstone, Max is yelling for Rayshine to come downstairs and hurry up because they're ready to go. Uh, Khadija, who is still exhausted, is like, I don't really want to go. I was up all night again listening to our neighbor's sexton. She decides to go anyway, and as they all leave the apartment, Regine, Sinclair, Max, and Khadijah, they run into Overton and Summer, who's in the hallway heading up to Overton's apartment. Um, they've just returned from a date, I believe, and the women ask Overton, who's your new friend? As they kind of exchange pleasantries. <laughs> and we see Regine get messy, which is a character trait of Regine, who grabs Overton real tight to pinch him for information about who this woman is. And you also get the scene where Sinclair is obviously like hurt and sad that Overton is with another woman, especially a woman who's very similar to Sinclair in a lot of ways. <laughs> And you kind of see, like, this slightly jealous side of Sinclair as she tries to invite Overton and Summer with them out to dinner, even though they just came from there. And <laughs> even though Overton and Summer said they were going upstairs to watch movies, which is basically the equivalent of Netflix and chill in the 90s. So I guess a little VHS and HJs. I don't know. Ooh, I like all the letters. <laughs> At the bar... 
our fabulous foursome is yucking it up <laughs> at the table as Max tells a story about work and Sinclair is not listening. She's lost in her salad and is upset about Overton and asks the girls what they think about Summer. Before they really give an answer, Sinclair says she's a phony baloney and she hates her stupid hat, which is very similar to the hats that Sinclair wears throughout the series, which I think is funny. Um, Regine then retorts, someone's had some Yao mix this morning, which I think is great. And Khadijah comes to a realization that Sinclair actually really likes Overton and she suggests to get back with her. Regine's like, girl, what are you going to do? Like, what's up? And Max suggests that they make prank phone calls to Summer. Sinclair decides that she's not going to get in the way of Overton's happiness, but her friends say she should fight. Like, you obviously like Overton, and we know he likes you, so why not pursue that? Exactly. They're not like a couple, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sinclair then, like, does some introspection, and she unknowingly clocks all her friend's flaws as she decides that she's what she's not going to do instead of uh, bothering Overton. She's like, well, I could become materially obsessed or I could be super career driven that I'm so blind that I don't see like love or some, all the shit. And it hits deep with all Maxine, Regine and Khadijah, which is really funny. It's a really funny scene. Like the camera zooms in on each of the ladies and it's really funny. Later back at the apartment, Khadijah hears the neighbors again and is fed up and decides she's going to write a note telling them to stop fucking. Regine is like, we cannot write that note to these people. We got to be less vulgar. So Khadijah decides to compromise and she decides to write a note saying, hey, when you're st- can you please stop by whenever you're nearby? We just want to have a conversation with you. Um, Overton comes by to fix Sinclair's tape deck, to which... Sinclair Coley responds, my tape deck is already being fixed at the local fix-it shop, Mr. Fix-It. Thank you for your help, Mr. Ovi. I know you're very busy. Uh, Along those lines, essentially, and Overton's hurt because he's like, oh, you got an outside contractor. Not only does the woman he loves go to get help somewhere else, he's a handyman, so he feels like that kind of like attacks his profession as well. You're going to hurt my heart and my wallet? (laughs) right Sinclair basically breaks up with Overton in this conversation which upsets Overton and Kyle sees his friend is hurt all in Khadijah Nim's apartment by the way like they're all still over I don't know what apartment number is I think it's like 1B or something like that but they're all in there and Kyle suggests for Overton to go to the airport with him so that he can watch the planes take off which is one of his favorite things to do I want to point out this is pre-9-11, so you could go to the gate and watch people fly away, which is so wild. So wild. So wild. As Overton and Kyle leave, the phone rings, and and Sinclair picks up the phone and angrily yells at the other person on the other line for ruining things with the only man she's ever cared about and hangs up angrily. Rajita Khadija are in shock, and they ask her, was that Summer on the other line? And Sinclair's like, no, it was Dr. Fix-It, the repair shop. Her tape deck's ready. That's right. Later, Sinclair's reading notes, post-its essentially, that Overton has left her and she's making herself upset. Khadija suggests going to talk to him. But Regine's like, girl, you need to set your sights on a rich man. Forget this handyman shit. Like, that's over. You need to find somebody who's got money. Max <laughs> Max encourages Sinclair to go for her perfect match in Overton. But but Sinclair kind of decides to take another approach and call the psychic hotline instead for help. Smart, smart. Yeah, she went for LaToya Jackson instead of everybody else in her house who knows her better. At that time, a knock at the door revealed the fornicating neighbors. They're two retirees, Mort and Esther. Uh, when they come in, Khadijah, Regine, and Max are flabbergasted that these people are old. Like, they can barely contain their laughter at this whole thing. Especially Max. Max finds this hilarious that Khadijah's been listening to old people have sex for weeks. Brandon, have you ever had a neighbor that you could hear having sex? No. I don't think so. 
I can hear my neighbor having sex sometimes. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It's a little I'm... awkward, and then I feel bad because it's like a short experience. <laughs> and I'm, always, I'm always like, damn, y'all. Maybe they're really into foreplay. Like, it's none of Maybe. my business. But I... I do. I'm always like, wow, that was short. <laughs> You're funny. Like, I'm still on the same chapter of my book. Damn. You should, like... you should boo next time. Boo next time. <laughs> Four out of ten. Again, everyone's holding in laughter as Morton Esther introduced themselves. And they're like, so what did you want to talk about in your note? And Khadijah's like, oh, shit, I do not want to make this awkward. <laughs> so she thinks very quickly and snatches the new house plant that Regine just bought and gave that to them as a housewarming present, uh-huh. which they appreciated. Regine, not so much. And the couple leave because they have to go to a Tai Chi class later. And... As they leave the apartment and close the door, Khadijah and Max are giggling with each other about the whole situation because it is it is funny. And we then see Regine frantically scrolling through a book, like looking for information. And they're like, what are you looking for, girl? She's like, I got to figure out what Tai Chi is and how I can get some. Um, I love it. Good joke. Overton and Summer come back to the Brownstone, and Summer suggests that they have some movie time together, or not some movie time together. But Overton turns her down and says that he has to get up early in the morning, and she leaves. I think it's kind of weird that Overton, she's walking Overton home. Like, why aren't you taking her home? Like, yeah, good point, good point. <laughs> I mean, she, I guess oh, for... Well, she has a car, remember? Oh, that's right, that's right. So maybe she, she cleared home. Sinclair then comes to the door to speak to Overton, and she invites him in for a minute. Um, when they basically have some sexy flirty times, and the two make their feelings known to one another, and they kiss. Initiated by Sinclair, mind you. And I was just gonna say, Sinclair kisses Overton. Like, she reaches her end. It's I loved it. Aw, oh, nuts! That's what uh, Sinclair catchphrase. Later, we see Esther and Mort, who are moving out, and they run into Regine, Khadijah, and Max. Max, oh shit, Mort remembers Regine and Khadijah's name, but he calls Max the girl who's over all the time, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. <laughs> He's like, look, it's and it's the one who hangs out all the time. <laughs> Apparently, Esther and Mort's son insisted that the two of them move with him Apparently, Esther and Mort's son insists that they move into his house with them. I think he's like a doctor who lives in Florida that's going through a divorce. We learn all this from Esther. She believes that it's the (laughs) wife's fault. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Esther seems very nice. Before they head out, the couple inform the women that they just met their new neighbor, who happens to be a very good-looking guy. Mort leaves to help pack up the truck, but Esther stops. But Esther, the MVP, stays behind to let the ladies know the intel that she's gathered. She's like, look, I didn't have a lot of time to get information, but what I can tell you is that he, um... But what I can tell you is that he's in sports medicine. His favorite color is green. He likes Italian food. He likes women. And I didn't see a ring. (laughs) Esther, looking out for your friends, Esther. Right? My girl. My girl. Esther, <laughs> Esther was the you, MVP. Esther. Love you, Esther. First of all, Esther, you're in your 60s having a really successful sex life. Way to go, Esther. You guys are having a great time, and I love that. Additionally, you looked out for us. Thank you, Esther. I'm saying. Esther was like, look, <laughs> I can't fuck them, but what do you can? My brain thought that maybe Esther, the actress who plays Esther, was on Seinfeld, but I never really watched Seinfeld, so I don't know where I've gotten that memory from. So it's probably wrong. She is a one-name actress named Yetta. She was in Earth Girls Are Easy, Take Two, Hanging With Mr. Cooper. Nice. Yeah. So she had a pre-established relationship with Yvette. Anyways, Esther's the MVP and really looking out for him. Love and we Esther. appreciate you, Esther. Yeah. Uh, then in walks their new neighbor, who is played by Morris Chestnut. He walks in, and the women are in awe. Their mouths drop, girl. Yeah, they he should goes be up in to his awe apartment. of Mr. Angela Bassett. 
They should absolutely be impressed. He's not married to Angela Bassett. Morris that's Chestnut's Cor- not married to... Courtney B. Vance. You're oh, racist. Shit. Black History Month. I'm putting no. in an episode and you're getting canceled. No. I was trying you're to be canceled. He heads upstairs and Max immediately makes her claim. She's like, I'm going to ask him out when he comes back downstairs. The others protest. Khadijah's like, not if I ask first. And Raging's like, like y'all have a chance when he sees me. So they all agree that they're not going to pursue this neighbor because they don't want to fight. He walks by again and out the apartment and the ladies run after him as the episode ends in a to be continued. Yes. So we're going to do part two, or I guess the next episode on our Patreon. So join the Patreon to hear that. You'll be getting that soon. But in the meantime, let's talk a little bit about Living Single, which became one of the top five shows among black households the entire five seasons that it ran. Like, it was a very popular show, has a very long-lasting legacy. The actors, the cast, the crew are still friends to this day. And I think you see a lot of TV now rep- or reflected, f- or I think you see a lot of what Living Single was then in TV now. I mean, For sure. Yvette Lee Bowser obviously has created a ton, a ton of shows, y'all. Like, when I tell you this woman created, uh, or she wrote for A Different World, she created Half and Half, um, which is another show that has Rachel True in it. She wrote for Blackish, Dear White People. She's done a lot. Like, she's created a shit ton of shows, and we love her for it. But especially for Living Single, because the legacy lasts forever on this. Uh, one interesting th- thing that I want to like leave on a note with is that when Yvette first created the show, there were executives that thought Maxine Shaw was too brash, too strong, and they wanted to eliminate the character from the show. Wow. She w- was originally under the same roof as everybody. Like, all the characters lived in the same apartment building. Like, it was mm-hmm. Max, Regine, Khadijah, and Sinclair all living in the same apartment. Yvette was like, nah, I'm gonna leave if that's what's gonna happen. She she felt that to take Max out of the show was to take her out of the show because she liked the character Max. She came up with it. And she didn't want to do it. So she came up with the idea on, like, a suggestion that, like, if Max moved across the street... Because she, again, originally was living there. It would be more funny, comedically. <laughs> it, would be, it would be more comical for her to be at the house all the time, even though she didn't live there. Rather exactly. than living in the house. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. an element, obviously. And I agree. And it also kind of fit with the character. She's an attorney. They're like, why couldn't she have her own house? Uh, even though... It does cost a lot of money to live in New York by yourself. So even then, people are like, oh. And it can help make the studio happy. Because if we bring Maxine on the show, and you're right, audiences don't like her, we move her. We pull her out of the show. Because if she doesn't live in the house, it's easier to remove her from the story. So it was a smart play, period. And apparently, Maxine is a lot of people's favorite characters. (laughs) Yeah. There apparently is something called the Maxine Shaw effect, which is very similar to the Scully effect. Are you familiar with the Scully effect? I think so, but tell me anyway. The Scully effect is a dumbed-down version. Uh, once Dana Scully was on TV through the X-Files, there was like a astronomical increase in girls and women getting involved in STEM, essentially, like in oh. all kinds of different uh, aspects okay. of science and other, you know smart things mm-hmm. that I can't comprehend. Mm-hmm. But I mean, apparently, I would, call, um, I would call it the Clary Sterling effect, but okay. <laughs> but apparently the Gina Davis Research Institute, um, I don't know if they have, but they were doing like kind of a study into how many people, specifically black women, got into law because of Maxine Shaw. And it's quite striking how many people actually became lawyers because of that one notable person stacy abrams so shit um she actually stopped erica alexander and told her is like because of maxine shaw i got into law school like i did that i love that and marilyn mosby 
in Baltimore, who was a state's attorney, also said the same thing. She got into law and politics because of Maxine Shaw. That's amazing. Yeah, dude. Um, I think that just speaks highly of how amazing the show was that it could actually inspire tons of people to go into their future careers who then inspire tons of other people. You know what I mean? For sure. The show itself, I mean, was very 90s. It was a crew of young professional friends, you know, and... Clothes are amazing. The clothes on Living Single are like a time capsule, and I'm obsessed with everything everyone's wearing all the time. Yeah, and that's all I gotta say on Living Single. Do you have anything that you want to add? Love it. I am still living single, and I am still glad I got my girls. You and me both, bro. Thank you all for tuning in. And if you have any questions, suggestions, or embarrassing confessions, please send us an email at thewaybackrecap at gmail.com. That's thewaybackrecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at thewaybackrecappod. If you'd like to support the show or listen to bonus content, exclusive episodes, visit our Patreon page. Our original cover art is by Laura Strobish. Uh, Remember, wherever you listen to podcasts, follow or subscribe to the Wayback Recap. If you enjoy yourself, please rate and review the show. But if that's too much... We totally get it. Tell a friend. Preferably a responsible friend who will rate and review the show. And join us next time. I'm Brandon. And I'm Patricia. And on behalf of the Wayback Recap, take take care care of each other, y'all.